0: Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography, a podcast all about the things that we love about photography. This is Focus on Rotation, where I have different hosts joining me at the desk as we share and learn each week. Come and enjoy this week's episode with us. Welcome to Photo Mission Focus, discussing photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. On this episode of Focus, I'm flying solo. On this episode of Focus, I'll, I want to talk a little bit about, I suppose, a couple of things that are happening in photography, but also a couple of things from, from the past, I suppose, um, when photography was first invented. There was a lot of kind of myths and, you know, people have superstitions. There's been superstitions about all types of things through life where during the during an electrical storm, people used to put away all the silverware, they used to cover up mirrors, all those types of things, because they thought it would attract the lightning or electricity come inside the house and it was potentially dangerous. And it's interesting that a lot of people, like I said, still believe in some of these superstitions or still practice kind of not doing a particular thing because it is superstitious, like opening an umbrella in the house or walking under a ladder and those types of things. But some of the more, I suppose. Photography-related things are things like photography. When photography was first invented, yeah, you know, in the early in the early times in the in the eighteen hundreds, it was quite common for people to get photos taken of of uh, corpses, people who had died, who had passed away. They'd get a photo taken of them, and it's interesting because some people believe that you know the taking pictures of people actually takes away their soul. So there's kind of all this kind of Superstition around it, like in some countries, it's like it's it's frowned upon to take pictures of people sleeping because they believe when people sleep, their soul can float from their body, and 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 the camera can steal their soul, and so people don't take pictures of people sleeping. I mean, it's interesting, like I said, how all these things come about. You know, one of the other superstitions um, from around the world is some people believe that if you take a picture of three people. The person in the middle is the first one who will die from those three people, and people kind of believe these you know superstitions and those types of things and I think it's kind of yeah it's kind of um interesting how sometimes we you know as a as a society there's certain things that people believe in and different like i said different um cultures believe in you know some different cultures i mean I think the amish don't believe in having their photo taken at all they'll kind of uh, avoid everything to have their photo taken because you know it's one of their beliefs and it's just interesting how I suppose we look at things and how we kind of dream it up because I suppose like when photography first was invented and people started seeing this you know thing being able to kind of replicate a picture of them or image of them people didn't kind of understand i suppose exactly how it works so it always seems a bit of a mystery i suppose it's a bit like when the digital the era of the digital camera for those people out there who who don't know it but the, the first digital camera was invented in 1975 and it was for someone working at kodak they were told to to bury it away like it's we don't want to do this because we sell film and we don't want to have this you know um Competing technology. And we all know what what's happened with digital cameras since then. That digital cameras have taken over the world. So that that very first digital camera in 1975 was the start of something absolutely huge. And I think you know there was a lot of things that flowed on from that because you know once the uh, digital camera actually started being produced and started getting to the marketplace. It led to a whole range of different things happening, and things like um, nineteen eighty seven when a couple of brothers came up with this um, program to be able to digitally manipulate images. I think back in the day it was called Image Pro. It was released I think in nineteen ninety, and it was a, it was only available on Mac Macintosh computers, so it was kind of a, a special thing. If you bought a Mac computer, you could have this program that you could manipulate your images that you've captured with a digital camera that was later sold to adobe and became as everyone knows it today is photoshop and and photoshop's become like one of those generic terms that anytime anyone does any type of um changes to a photo people go oh yeah it's been Photoshop." you know it's a bit like in some countries vacuum cleaners called a hoover oh yeah, just going to hoover the floors in other countries you know we say vacuum or Uh, the floors or whatever. But I mean, it's interesting how some names stick in some different, you know, from some different products basically go across and everyone just naturally assumes that's what it is. So, yeah, so it's interesting. And I think the the whole idea of when digital started, no one could really foresee where it was going to go. No one could really foresee where we're up today with digital technology and what it's capable of doing and how it's capable of creating images. So I think back in the in 1987, when those first guys came up and started tinkering and with using software to take a digital image and pull it apart and manipulate it and do things, I don't think they could have ever realized just how far that technology would come in a space of time. And which kind of leads me to one of the main things I want to talk about in this episode, and that's tech's Text to image generators. so these are something fairly new. there's There's two basic ones out there at the moment. There's Google Imagine and there's dali 2, which are both essentially you can type in a scene that you want to create. you know you want to type in you know Teddy bear swimming in the 400 meter freestyle at Olympics and the software or the AI in the software will go out and create from scratch, it will create a picture of what you've typed into it. And if you haven't seen this stuff on the on the internet, you're going to find it on Google, but Google Imagine, and it's spelt um, I-N-A-G-E-N, imagine. That's how they've kind of done it. And it's kind of interesting because, like I said, it's a scary point in time that we're at where basically... A computer now can generate an image that never existed before, and it can create that image basically just on by putting in some text, like basically describing what you want to do. I mean, you say wanted to have a a raccoon on a surfboard surfing a high wave. This thing can generate an image, and it's just absolutely amazing how it does it. And I suppose the scary part is an AI, you know, is creeping into all parts of life and. That's basically what happens when people, the Holy Grail. Some people want they want to have a self-driving car. They want to have a better jump in the car in the morning and you know read the newspaper and the car just takes them to their office without them kind of putting any input in. And people really kind of yearning to that. And I was watching a um, a little doco on I think it was in in Holland. It was a port where container port. So massive big container ships come in and. And the whole port is basically run by robotics. Robotic cranes, robotic trucks moving the containers around. And basically there's only a handful of people just kind of in a supervisory role in control and watching watching the process. And they've completely automated this whole massive operation where basically um, artificial intelligence is driving the trucks around and moving things around and picking up containers and putting them in the right thing. And interesting, the the containers ship that comes in, was watching on this particular doco, was it was being loaded and unloaded at the same time. So, you know, one crane's putting, taking um, containers off and then another is actually loading them back on. And it's just amazing, like I said, and I think within 24 hours they could, you yeah, know, 18,000 containers or something crazy they could basically remove and replace and um, put them on these big cargo ships. So it's kind of like, I suppose, automation has been really creeping into our lives. We've seen it in cameras and we've talked about it previously in Focus about, you know, the, the eye tracking and other other features, I suppose, that have come into cameras with, um, you know, the Canon R3 with the eye movement where you, where you look, the camera will move the focus point too. Um, and then the other, and pretty much in all the high end um, mirrorless cameras these days now, they have extremely good eye tracking capability. So basically, you know, when you're taking a photograph of somebody, it's going to latch on the eye and, and it can actually follow that subject. It works on animals, it's amazing. So, and again, we're, we're kind of becoming used to technology. But I suppose text to image genera- generators are there's something that I think is a little bit scary for the photography industry because uh, essentially for advertising, I mean, you know, quite often advertisers want to have a, a really um, crazy brief sometimes, you know, they want this and it's achieved typically by doing, um, you know, a composite image where basically, you know, you, put a, you blend a number of different images together to create, you know, the raccoon on the surfing on the wave and that could be done, you know, where you know each of those elements are photographed individually and then they're put together in a um, photo manipulation program like Photoshop or other and and basically did come up with a finished product. To think to be able to just basically someone, you know, the guy wanting to do the ad can just sit there on a computer and type in exactly what he wants to see in the photo and four the AI intelligence to actually then generate an image and these images are are pretty good and, and I think the thing about it is we will see them get better that's the thing you know with this technology you know when they show it to us quite often and you can imagine back in 1975 the um the original digital camera it took an incredibly long time to actually write the file and it wrote it to um, magnetic tape I believe it was using a magnetic tape as a medium so this thing would take you know this take this picture and basically scan the scan the, the photograph and then basically have to you know download the data and put it onto a onto a thing and it was just some incredibly low low resolution type image back then I don't know that they ever thought about how far this would go and I suppose but like everything Everything improved so we just know how far from nineteen seventy five from that very first digital camera to two thousand and twenty two with the the digital cameras we have available now and some of them are just absolutely incredible. With the the resolution they can achieve, clarity. I mean, even even like the lenses um have come so far. I mean the, the lens I suppose technology and the coatings and different things are put on the lenses to make them more efficient. You know, we just Really spoil, I suppose that we've got this incredible. We're at a point in time we've got this incredible technology that can capture amazing, amazing images, and then we've got technology that's being developed that essentially makes the photographer to a large degree redundant. Because basically, if you've got an AI platform that can generate a an image, and I especially see this is going to kind of affect things like advertising, because there'd be so many advertisers who just want to be able to obviously at a whim. If you look at I suppose how the world's gone with social media that you know, social media is the mainstream advertising platform in the world now. So, you know, in the past your mainstream advertising platforms were essentially things like newspapers, magazines, this is visual visual um advertising. Um, you know, newspapers, the magazines and T V. Were the kind of they were the big three things that people would, you know, want to get their product into, so people could find out about them, they could learn about them, they could see them, you know, type of thing, and they could reach people. Now, those mediums like virtually newspapers and printed newspapers and printed magazines are really a thing that are very few and far between now. Not many people actually even subscribe to newspapers or or buy newspapers anymore there's still a few diehard people that do it. But a lot of those things have gone on to a digital platform. But again, the uptake is not the same because most people get their news via social media. You know, if something important is happening in the world, someone will post something on social media, whether it be Facebook, whether it be Instagram, TikTok, or one of you know, Twitter, one of those platforms, people will put what's happening and people basically get it. So people don't go now looking for, things in the newspaper to buy or things in a magazine to buy. Um, And a lot of people don't, you know, I know a lot of people who don't even now, pretty much don't even own a TV. If they own a TV, it very rarely ever gets turned on. That all their, I suppose, all the content they consume all comes via digital platforms. And, you know, these days, every person carries around a a mobile phone, which is incredible pieces of technology that gives you, the opportunity to be able to receive and display all that content from the internet. So we're seeing it, like I said, it's delivered to you, right to your hands, basically, so you don't even have to go and get up and switch on the TV or go down the road and buy the newspaper or the magazine from the newsagents. So it's really be making people kind of, I suppose, it's just put there right in front of them. So it's really changing the way we consume stuff And so I suppose the thing about having things like Google Imagine is it is a big threat to the photography industry. At this stage, like Google have kind of not making it available, but why would you develop a platform and spend how much money, who knows, on developing that without wanting at some stage to release it into the commercial market for people to use? And like I said, I can just see it in advertising Creating content for social media, and it could almost be self-generating. That as a news, as, as something topical comes up, you know, we all know that with uh, social media, social media is a hungry beast. It needs a lot of content. So basically, every day it just consumes content. So people are just they're scrolling through, looking at stuff, and people you know, don't normally go back and look at old content. They're waiting for something new and fresh to come through, something else to see that they haven't seen before. So imagine an AI software that can basically generate images just based on what's maybe happening in the world or based on, you know, some some event that's happening and that people can just no longer have to go out and find an image to advertise. Imagine like just advertising an event. It's just, and it might be an event that's never happened before, but so people don't actually have, I suppose, digital assets they can really use to to show that off. So basically something like, This AI technology of Google um, Imagine would be just be able to make up a, just better make up an image that you could use. So I think it's kind of, like I said, it's as a photographer, I'm loving the technology in the mirrorless cameras. I'm loving, you know, the features of the mirrorless cameras and what they can do. And then, but at the same time, I am kind of concerned that the, direction that photography might take will change I mean and look every I suppose every every part of life has been changing as the world becomes more digitized look at the banking um, sector when I you know was going to school you know we had a um, program within the school where you had a you had a money box and you could put money in it and save it and then I think every I don't know if it was every week or every month, I can't remember the exact frequency, but you know, that it would get emptied and it would get written up and go into and you'd have this little passport that would say, you know, you've deposited dollar and five cents or whatever it was. And you had this, you know, um paper record of, of your money in the bank. And then we started to see some changes with banking when it started to go more, I suppose, electronic and more digital where um, the passport systems started to disappear and we saw things like automatic teller machines, machines that now could disperse money so you didn't have to go into the bank and actually talk to a teller and show your passport and draw out, you know, 50 bucks or whatever it was you were drawing out. You know, now you have a card that you can go and put in a machine and you can put a PIN number in and bang, out spits the money. And we've just seen this, we've seen this just, those in the banking sector, we've just seen so many changes in such a short time and now most people, you know, it's not even a card anymore. It's your smartphone or your smartwatch. You can just scan it and bingo or even, you know, there's methods of payment now where you can just people send people um, money by to their email address. So it's made the way we transfer money is completely changed. Um, in my lifetime so it's completely changed and like you know people keep talking about eventually cash will disappear and cash is becoming less and less of a thing that people are using you know people still have cash but it's it's such a small part of the the economy now that people use full electronic means to to transfer and do stuff so we're talking on this episode about technology how this technology may be affecting um, photographers and how it will affect them in the future and I think it really has a lot of, I don't want to say danger, but I think it's got a lot of challenges for photographers moving forward, depending on what part of, what part of the photography industry they work in. If they're working in kind of advertising photography, I think that this is a really going to be a really challenging thing. I think in some areas of photography, like wedding photography, I think that's fairly safe because it's such a, you know, wedding is such a kind of bespoke event really because each wedding's slightly different and people are wanting different things so I think people who do wedding photography you know at the moment but I, I don't think the technology is going to come in and kind of steal steal their jobs and I think for for some parts of event photography as well definitely going to be a still a role there but it might be a lesser role because I can see some parts of event photography as being kind of automated where basically like sometimes a part of it is when there's presentations or people up on stage acknowledging or doing something, you know, photographs are taken as a record of that person being there, um, there is technology that potentially camera could be set up and when that person's in the right frame, bang, snap, there you go, there's a picture of, of the president of the company, you know, uh, welcoming, welcoming all their employees to an, to their annual get-together. Those types of things could be done, I suppose, via using artificial intelligence. But some of the interactions on the, you know, on the floor where people are doing stuff and talking stuff together, the random pictures that, you know, are taken by event photographers, they're kinda of still gonna be kind of relevant. But I think it's gonna is gonna be a challenge for all areas of photography, um, because people are gonna to have to either like I said, some people like I mean, they already kind of do a mixture of photographic work. Um, commercial work within what they do they might do a little bit of advertising so they might do a bit of brand branding stuff for people where they photograph that and I I can see that kind of moving and I talked about in an earlier episode I talked about robotic photography studios and potentially doing product photography and we're talking about you know conveyor belt construction line stuff where items could just go down a conveyor belt and stop and the camera snaps a few pictures Uses artificial intelligence, drop a background, you know, drop a background in there, manipulate the picture, turn it to get the best possible view of the product they're taking a photograph of. I could see all that happening. And again, but some some areas I think, you know, the you know, wildlife photography, that's one that's gonna be very challenging, I think, for for AI to go in and um capture true wildlife. I mean, with that, you know, google imagine you could say oh i want a picture of a tiger sitting on sitting on the top of a mountain with the sun in the background and it will do that but it's not real and i think if someone was to go out and find a tiger in that position and photograph it as it really happened that's really a wildlife picture where the other one is a digital representation of wildlife and i think that's like i said for some for some people that won't be a deal breaker they just want Oh, I'd really like a picture of a of a you know tiger sitting on the mountain with the sun in the background. I like a print on the wall. That sounds really cool. Don't really care that it's not. It never really happened. Tiger was never sitting there. It's actually not even a real tiger. You know, it's a digital manipulation of to look like a tiger. And I think this is going to be the the challenge that how we move forward as photographers, how we how we navigate through all the changes that are coming. And and it seems to be coming really fast. Like we're just seeing this technology evolving, and we talked we've talked previously in some of the uh, episodes of Focus about how I um how AI has come into things like Photoshop, so people can swap out skies and all, just kind of substitute a nice sky that kind of complements the rest of the scene. So the picture really then becomes less of the photographers and more of the softwares. So it becomes a kind of a – a it's a digital graphical image. It's not really a fo- true photograph anymore. And I think for some people, like, you know, um, a lot of photographers want to make a true photograph and other photographers maybe less or so. And people who really aren't photographers but just want something don't really care if it's real or it's not. So I know some people say, oh, who cares? I don't care if it's real. It looks cool. I like it. So – that's all that matters, and I think that's going to be the challenge. It's going to be a real challenge for photographers, and really, we don't know where we're going to end up. We really just don't know what the well the next big thing. And obviously, with this text to image generation, the next thing will be text to video, where basically you'll be able to say, oh, "I want to have the I want to have the raccoon going down the street on a skateboard when it's raining," and for it to be able to generate a video of a raccoon riding a skateboard down the street in the rain. And I think these are the things that like I said that's really going to be a big challenge for the advertising market because people are just better come up with these create these amazing ads and be able to do it kind of very simply um using this using this um, technology to do so where to create something like that could be done. I mean look we you know there's been a lot of digital manipulation in movies and videos and for ages now, but it takes a lot of it's. It's typically people behind it doing a lot of the work. Potentially, I can see that where it just it's going to only need a small number of people. We we'll, we just don't have to wait and see. So on this episode, we've been talking about all the things that have happened since those very very early days when you know when photography was first invented, and all the different I suppose, all the different superstitions around photography. And all the changes that have happened since then and where we're at today with photography and how it's really changed everything about photography. And we've also it's really changed, I suppose, social media has really changed how we consume photography because people now consume um, images at an enormous rate. And again, it's kind of like that hungry beast that people need to keep feeding and they need to keep um, creating new content. People just want to keep seeing new stuff. Anyway... Thanks for listening to this episode of Photos Mission Focus. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. And remember, photography is um, meant to be fun and, yeah, even if all these things are happening. So enjoy your photography, have fun. Until next time, see you. all for this episode this week thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show please leave us a comment and don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast app and social media sites remember photography is a pursuit where there's always something new to learn safe and happy shooting everyone